Amen. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 13, 14. And then I'll take you to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. 13, the Bible said, Therefore my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. One writer said they'll be destroyed for lack of knowledge. And their honorable men are famished and their multitude dried up with thirst. Therefore, or because of this, hell hath enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure. That word measure literally in the sense of that word, the, the actual sense of that word means boundary. Boundary. Opened her mouth without boundary. And their glory and their multitude and their pomp and he that rejoices shall descend unto it. First Peter chapter 5, verse number 8. First Peter chapter 5, verse number 8. You can see it there off the screen. Amen. How about reading it with me? Are you ready? Be sober. Hang on just a second. Be sober. Get self-control. Don't be intoxicated on the entertainment. Be sober. Get self-control. It's time we quit blaming the devil for everything and take spiritual responsibility. Come on, you reap what you sow. Can I get a witness in the house? Let's read together. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Everybody say devour. Devour is to destroy. Literally, it means to gulp. As if swallowing hurriedly or greedily in just one drink. You know what you are to the devil? You're just one drink. You're just one gulp. Just one gulp. He don't want to tear you out piece by piece. He wants to take you out in one gulp. He's the lion seeking whom he may devour. Whom resists steadfast in the faith. I've come to preach to you from this subject. I would normally never choose this for this Tuesday night, but I feel the Lord leading me to do so. And uh, before you're seated, this is what I'm going to need from us tonight. I'm going to preach to you, hell is hungry. Hell is hungry. And this is what I need. Sincerely, I need. I need intercessors. I need one from this section to raise your hand that you'll intercede while I'm preaching. This section right here, whoever you are. There's one right there. I need one from this section. Thank you. There's two. That's great. I need this, this little bitty section. One of you guys, what's that mean? That means while I'm preaching, I want you to stay in prayer. I want you to pray that God would help us. I want you to pray that God would minister, that God would pull. I want you to intercede. There's somebody in this house that's lost that you're going to intercede, and God's going to bring them in. Somebody in this section, I need, thank you. In this section right here, I need someone to lift their hand. Thank you, two, three, four. Some of you young people, God can raise you up as intercessors. You can be very powerful in prayer. What about this section right here? One, there's one. What about this section right here? One, two, this section over here. Thank you so much. And the sound and media, I know you have responsibility, but I need one of you to cover this service in prayer tonight. Whoever you are, I know you're doing. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it so much. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. I, my, my mom and my dad, um, 
My real mom and dad obviously got divorced when I was six years old, and from their union, they had me and my, my older sister, Courtney. She's about four years older than me. After the divorce, we moved uh, from Moss Bluff, Louisiana, to a small town in Anthony, Kansas. Um, very, we went from big mosquitoes singing, thank God for the blood, to little bitty flat plains of Kansas with, with the wheat fields and, yeah, big deer and all that kind of stuff. Praise God. I kind of wish I still lived there. But we, we moved to Anthony, Kansas, and my mom got back in church and, and met my stepdad. My stepdad, is, his name is Larry, and this, this church was, it was a small church, but this church uh, ended up having a huge impact on my life. Uh, matter of fact, as a young boy, about 10 or 11 years old, I remember Brother John, he slipped into the Sunday school wing. It was just a really small church, just a few Sunday school classrooms, and he slipped outside the classroom, and with the trumpet in his hand, he blew the trumpet as if the rapture had taken place. You should have seen the fear and the actual, the sheer horror of the faces of those young people that thought they missed the rapture, amen. We need the fear of God back in our lives. Somebody say amen. He blew that trumpet. I got up out of that classroom. I ran through those double doors into that small sanctuary, and I was looking for my mama because I knew if anybody was going to make the rapture, it would be my mama. Can I get a witness in the house? There has been times in my life as a young man that I was so scared, and I hope this is not TMI, but I was so scared of the rapture taking place, I'd go to bed fully clothed. <laughs> And I know that's not necessary because that mortality will put on immortality. But in the minds of a young man, I had a fear, a reverence, and the respect of God. I am of the opinion that there'd be a lot less nonsense in people's lives and sin if they would live every step that they take with eternity in mind. If the sequence of their life and where they go and what they do with eternity being ever there in their minds because everyone in this house will spend an eternity somewhere whether it's heaven or hell it's not thoroughly up to God totally it's up to you it's your decisions and your choices you're going to help me my intercessors you guys stay with me here tonight but it was here in Anthony Kansas that God began driving the fear of the Lord in my heart we moved from there a uh, cool story about my, my uh, stepdad's side of the family. He lived in Burbank, California, and he found himself into an apostolic church, a, a repenting Jesus named Baptist and receiving the Holy Ghost church. And, and he found himself there, and, and God began working in his life, and he received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And his mom, Sister Maria, and his sister Melody would go to that church to take Larry to church and to pick him up and bring him back home. And they would would arrive on the church property and as they would come to that church property they could hear the people of God singing and the people of God worshiping the Lord and they, they told me I got the story from my stepdad because I wanted to know how he got into truth and, and he said that they would sit out there in the parking lot and the Holy Ghost would get to moving on them as they waited for him to leave the church and, and finally one day it got so strong they looked at each other and said you know let's 
let's just go inside and check it out. And his mom and his sister come in there and God filled them with the wonderful gift of the Holy Ghost evidenced by speaking with tongues. Aren't you glad that the Holy Ghost can still pull and draw people into the presence of God? powerful conversion and from the union of my mom and my stepdad my youngest sister autumn was born she was quite a bit younger about nine years or so younger than i was autumn was an amazing young girl at a very young age i remember after my mom and stepdad backslid they brought some things into the home and from those decisions it matters what you bring in the home it matters what you entertain because you cannot rebuke what you entertain. There are spirits that you're battling in your home. Well, I feel a little Holy Ghost helping me right now. There are spirits that you're battling in your home. It's because what you've allowed into the home is a portal of influence that is sick that is sucking the spiritual lifeblood out of your family. Your decisions matter. What you see, what you watch, what you hear, it really does affect you. Somebody say, yeah. yeah. And so we quit going to church. All the family quit going to church. But at the age of 13, God got a hold of my heart. And I, I remember staying at my dad's house. He lived a couple hours away. I would go during the summertime to uh, mow grass so I could get money to buy school clothes. We were very poor. We lived in low-income housing, uh, just, just the whole nine yards. There's probably a lot more people poor than we were, but we just didn't have much. And so I'd go to my dad's. My dad was backslidden, living with some lady, uh, meaning backslidden, meaning he was away from God. He wasn't living right. He wasn't serving God. And we were, he was in a little two-bedroom trailer working, working hard. And I tried to go to sleep one night, and the conviction of the Holy Ghost fell in that, that backslidden house. And, and I went to the door of my daddy and beat on his door. And I said, Dad, I said, I, would you pray with me? And sure, son, we prayed, but it wouldn't lift. I come back home to where I lived a couple hours away into a home where no one was serving God. My sister was on meth. She was pregnant at the age of 16. My stepdad was abusive. You're miserable when you're not serving God. When you know this truth and you're not living this truth, you are miserable. God, the Holy Ghost is helping me right now. You can put a smile on your face, but down deep in your heart you know, God, I'm miserable. But if you can make your way back into this kingdom, if you can get your joy back, if you can get your peace back, can I tell you the church is just as good as it was when you left it it's just as powerful as it was when you left it I come back home and my precious grandpa, I had a peepaw. He was my peepaw saddler. I came back home to peepaw saddlers and I called him up and I said, peepaw, can I come stay the night with you? Sure, son, come on. I went again to another house, low-income housing across the street. Aren't you glad that the Holy Ghost and the will of God won't bypass you because of your financial status or your creed or your color or where you've been or what you've done whosoever will 
Well, I feel like preaching in this house here tonight. He that hath no money, come on. He that hath no money, come on. Taste and see that the Lord, he is good and that his mercy endureth forever. You don't need a lot of money. You need a repentant, surrendered heart. You don't need a lot of pedigree. You need to open your mouth and receive what God has for you. You are a candidate just because you're breathing. You're a candidate for the Holy Ghost just because of who you are. So I called my people, Sattler up. I said, people, can I stay sure, Sam? Come on. It was a hot August night, about 1996. I get in my grandpa's house. He didn't have central heat and air, and it gets really hot in, a, in August in Oklahoma. Humid, high humidity, that sticky feeling you can barely breathe. And so I, I went to, he had an old, the ugliest green couch. It'd probably be in style right now. But the oldest, ugliest green couch that every time you turn, it creaked and it had those big wires about the size of your pinky that webbed through the, the, the actual construction of that couch. And every time I'd turn, that thing would poke me in my side. And it wasn't, that wasn't just all that was poking me in my side. The Holy Ghost was convicting me and was telling me, if you was to die, you're lost. If the rapture was gonna take place, you're going to hell. And God was reaching me with fear. He was reaching me with knowing that my heart wasn't right with God. And so what do you do? Man, I started reaching for help. I got up about 11 o'clock. I went to my peepaw's door. I knocked on the door. I said, peepaw, will you pray with me? Sure, son. I'll never forget laying across that big white pillow top mattress I got on my knees and that mattress went to my chest and I laid across, I cried, I prayed, I repented, I prayed until I couldn't pray anymore. I went back to that couch and the same thing happened again. Conviction came to me. I couldn't get it off of me. I couldn't pray it off of me. God was pulling at my heart. I got back up two or three times in the middle of the night and finally at one o'clock in the morning, living in a house where no one served God at my grandpa's bedside, I prayed back through to speaking with tongues and God renewed me in the baptism of the the Holy Ghost. And can I tell you, this Holy Ghost will keep you. I'm 41 years old now. Been preaching since I was 15. Seen all kinds of goodness of the Lord because this Holy Ghost, it will keep you. It is, it's real. It's real. I know it's real. It's a Pentecostal blessing. And I know it's real. It's old, but yet it's new. It's but yet it's true. I'm so glad. Are there any Holy Ghost filled people in the house? Aren't you thankful for the baptism of the Holy Ghost? I prayed back through. I started pursuing God. I got me a key to the church. I got me a motorcycle at the age of 14. I mean, there nobody had anything on me. I wore my suit and my helmet and I took that little motorcycle and I drove it all over kingdom come. I got me a paper route. I started breaking the spirit of poverty in my family. I started doing things in the kingdom of God. I started sowing in the kingdom. I went to church before school. 
I went to church after school. I was ate up with the things of God. There was something down on the inside. Like Jeremiah said, it's like a fire shut up in my bones. Can I tell you what is hindering you? You can be powerful. What's stopping you? You can be anointed. What's hindering you? You can be a soul winner. There's nothing, no weapon that's formed against you shall prosper. No weapon can stop you. There's not a devil big enough. There's not a tragedy hard enough. There's not a financial crisis deep enough that can stop you from your full potential in Christ Jesus because you're a new creature in Christ. All things are passed away. Oh, somebody shout hallelujah. Man, and so, man, I started pursuing God. My, my sister Autumn, she got back in church. She was young, 10, 11 years old at this time. She started serving the Lord. I remember, I remember carrying her out drunk in the Holy Ghost. And all you got to do is picture a drunk person. That's how you could picture her. We had to carry her out. My mom would have to put her put her jammies on and put my backslidden mama would have to put the jammies on my sister that was drunk in the Holy Ghost. She, she was hungry. She was sensitive. But when you're sensitive to God, you're sensitive to everything else. Come on. You can't get super spiritual and become sensitive and not be sensitive to everything else. You got to be careful when you get sensitive to the things of God because the spirit world is the spirit world. When you're sensitive to the Holy Ghost, you're sensitive to perversion. Come on, somebody. You're sensitive to alcohol. You're sensitive to, per- you're, you're, you're going to pick up on stuff that maybe nobody else is. And what happens is you start thinking that you've got a problem with it. But the fact of the matter is you're just sensitive to the spirit and if you're not careful you'll start indulging and doing things just because you think you have a problem and it's okay but because when you're sensitive you're sensitive but you got to be sensitive to the right things and you've got to learn to shut down the wrong things you've got to say no to those things that you know better and yes to the things that you do know is right so my sister was living for God. I, I started noticing that she started getting a wrong friend. She got connected with the emo world. It was during this time that it, where people were gothic. They were, they were black, head to toe. Everything was painted black. Their clothes were black. Their shoes were black. And I noticed that she would stop going to church. By this time, I'm about 18, 19 years old. I, I moved out at 18. And I left my sister there in that ungodly house. They didn't fight truth. They just wasn't living for truth. I feel a little something right there too. Parents, uh, your kids know that you're not fighting truth. Uh, you're just not fully engaged in truth. Uh, your parents know you're not pushing them against going to church, uh, but you're not prodding them, pulling them to church. Uh, you precious mamas and daddies, uh, the greatest thing that you could do is train your babies in the way they should go. Uh, for when they go old, they get old, they will not depart from it. Uh, you need to love 
now. You need to love your children enough to say no. The greatest thing you can do sometimes is tell them no. We're not doing that. We're not acting like that. We're not going to be a part of that. We need some mamas and daddies to take some spiritual responsibility and say not in this house and not on my watch. Why? Because hell is hungry for you. Hell is hungry for your children. So I started noticing she's slipping and started getting wrong friends and she gets totally out of church. And one thing leads to the next. You know, it's a tattoo here and a tattoo there. And it, it's a marking of her body. She, she knows that she's God's child, but, but yet she starts doing stuff. She, she gets into a career and she starts, uh, she starts getting to the point where she no longer not just accepts truth, she's anti-truth. She don't want nothing to do with church. Matter of fact, she had two children and the two children, she told them, she told us, told me, my sister, my family, I don't want them going to a Pentecostal church. And so what once was she embraced, now she was totally shunning and she was pushing away and out of her life. My, my sister Autumn, um, she's a beautiful girl, talented, had all kinds of things going in good direction and good ways, met a great guy. I, I, I took him through marriage counsel and I performed the wedding, a great guy. I actually prayed him through to the Holy Ghost in my living room and baptized him in my hot tub in Jesus' name. I mean, he's a great guy. He was a great guy. But last year, a series of events started unfolding in Autumn's life. It went from, you know, I don't want nothing to do with truth. It went from, she started drinking a lot. She's been out of church for many years. She started drinking a lot of alcohol. I mean, drunk almost every day. And then she started adding a marijuana and she started smoking weed on top of the alcohol. And then that wasn't good enough and, and she started adding Xanaxes and started taking pills and, and started adding substance and substance abuse after substance abuse after substance abuse to the point that literally my sister lost her mind she became a zombie she would walk around literally young healthy beautiful she wanted a divorce from her husband she didn't want really she struggled with her kids she'd want them sometimes and wouldn't want them sometimes she'd want them sometimes and wouldn't want them sometimes she told her husband and I'm telling you her husband's a great guy she wanted a divorce so she got a divorce they sold the house got a little cash from the equity and she moved out she got her apartment but she got so messed up you see devil never tells you the end he never tells you where you'll end up. He just says, try me now. Try a little bit of this. Try a little bit of that. It's okay. She got so bad, they had to pick her up and they put her into a mental institution. They put her in the mental institution and they started adding more layers of pills to her life to the point where she was on five different prescription meds. Her mind was numb. She was not herself. It got so bad, my mom went with my sister to the doctor and said, will you please get my sister, my my daughter off of this. There's, she don't need this medicine. She don't, because the chemicals in her body had messed her up. And if she would have slowly got off of those things, she would have been okay. But she kept adding and kept adding. Hell is never satisfied. It had enlarged her mouth. It had, come on, without 
boundaries. Come on, if you don't like boundaries, you'll like hell because there is no boundaries. You can do whatever you want to do whenever, come on, you, you don't have any restraints. There are no laws of God. There are no issues. There are no lines. There are nothing. You can do whatever because hell hath enlarged her mouth without measure. My mom tried to convince them. She said, please get 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 her off of these things. Get, that doctor told my mom, we know what Autumn needs. Get out of my office. My mom said, no, you don't. You don't know my daughter. They put my sister on a certain kind of medicine that for 21 days, you're supposed to monitor them because they can maybe do self-harm or even become suicidal. They did not monitor her. And in April of this year, April the 7th, April the 7th of this year, my mom called me. My mom was at the apartment complex where my sister had moved into. I'm preaching to you, hell is hungry. Hell is hungry. My mom called me in a frantic saying, we can't get a hold of Autumn. We don't know what's going on. She won't answer the door. She hasn't responded to messages. We were over there the night before. She said she's not feeling right. She's not feeling herself. And my mom asked her, do you want to hurt anybody or hurt yourself? She said, no, I don't want to do any of that. My mom, the next day, hours later, my mom's on the phone. She said, we got to figure out what's going on. They did a wellness check and the Cops rushed in to find my sister who sat in pews just like you sat here tonight. My sister who been drunk in the Holy Ghost like some of you have been drunk in the Holy Ghost. They found my sister laying there in that bed knowing what truth is, knowing what the good life is. They found her because she committed suicide and took her life. I have humbly and solemnly come to this congregation here tonight and tell you that the devil is going about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The games, I hope this is okay, Brother Levine, the games must stop. The secret things you're doing must end. You cannot no longer afford to play games with God. You've got to make up your mind. As for me, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Come on, as for me and my house, we will serve. I don't care what I've been mad about. I'm staying in the church. I don't care what frustrates me. I'm staying in the church. I don't care what the devil says. I'm staying in the church. I don't care what my neighbors do. I'm staying in the church. I don't care if you make fun of me, if you ridicule me, if you don't like me there's one thing I'm not doing I'm not leaving this church I'm a part of the body of Jesus Christ hell don't care nothing about you you're just one God and then when he gets you he goes When he gets you, he goes to the next. 
He don't care about those two babies she left behind. He don't care about the tragedy that unfolded. The devil don't care. He's going about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But apostolic church, you got to be sober. You got to get self-control. Come on, somebody. You got to be sober. You got to be vigilant. You got to wake up. There's some things I can't mess with. There's some games I can't play. There's some things I can't can't do so my niece my niece Skyland married recently got married she lives in Sealsby, Texas they come for the funeral they come for everything they got my sister's phone they got my sister's phone out and, and Anthony starts telling me he said brother Burns when I battled suicide he said there was always certain artists and certain songs that I would listen to when I had these feelings of killing myself or, or taking my life and he said, I got on your sister's phone. And he said, on their phone, he said, was those same artists and those same songs that I would listen to when I was battling suicide. Because Anthony's dad had committed suicide. And so what suicide and spiritual stuff does, it visits a dad. And if the dad gives into it, it'll visit the son. It'll go that way. It's the iniquities of the father to the generations. But thank God for the mercies of God that also visit the generation under the third and the sure mercies of David that visits the third and the fourth generation. So he, he tells me, I said, man, who was it? He said, well, he said, there was one artist named Little Peep. Little Peep was 21 years old and he overdosed, I believe, on Xanax and maybe hydrocodone. 21 years old. He was from the emo world. There was another one called uh, Juice World. Juice World was the other person she was listening to who also at the age of 21 took his life by overdosing on meds. No, music don't affect you. The devil is a lie. Oh, I can listen to whatever I want to listen to. Yeah, I wish my sister maybe have turned that artist off just a few more minutes before she took that gun and ended her life. But music affects you. Come on, hell's hungry. It's going to speak your language. It's going to sing your songs. It's going to do whatever it's got to do because she hath enlarged herself. She hath opened her mouth without measure. She don't care. Come on, you're struggling right now because the devil's trying to take you out. But I hope and pray there's enough authority of the Holy Ghost to get on you and say, devil, you thought you had me, but I'm not going down. You thought you was going to take me out but I'm staying in the church I'm going to be a worshiper I'm going to be a giver I'm going to be high. I'm going to be holy I'm going to be anointed I'm going to love God with everything inside of me If you're spiritual, he's hungry. Intercessors, stay with me. If they're carnal, he's hungry. He don't care what your status is. He don't care how long you've been in the church. Come on, there is a there is something the enemy is trying to do to take out somebody in this church. He is no doubt hungry, but I got a word for somebody. When hell's hungry, you don't feed him. You starve him. When hell's hungry, you don't feed him. You starve him. 
You say, devil, you're not getting my morality. You're not getting my purity. You're not getting my holiness. You're not getting doctrine. You're not getting my praise. You're not getting my hands. You're not getting my body. Quit feeding the lion. Quit feeding the lion. You ain't got to give in to it. You can be powerful. You can live for God. You can be apostolic. Yes, you can. As for me, somebody say it as for me I was somebody scream it as for me and my house Whoa, somebody lift your voice and pray right now on the Holy Ghost You're not getting me. I'm not listening to that music anymore. I'm not going to commit suicide. I'm not going to be an alcoholic anymore. I'm getting the Holy Ghost tonight. I'm getting the Holy Ghost tonight. I'm going to be delivered by the power of the Holy Ghost tonight. Devil, God's going to change me. God's going to make something out of me. He's going to mold me. I'm going to be a vessel for God. Devil, you're not using me anymore. God is going to use me. God is going to anoint me. God is going to minister to me. There's faces of people in this house that God can forever change. God can ever make a brand new creature out of you. Yeah, a fresh start, a new beginning. Devil, you're not getting me. You're not getting my family. You're not getting my children. She hath enlarged herself without measure. She hath enlarged herself without measure. Well, I'm 18. 18 is not a magical number. 18 is just saying you're an adult. You better man up, 18-year-old. You better get it right, 16-year-old. You better lay your life down. You better say, God, not my will, but your will be done. Not my will, but your will be done. 